I'm pulling up the discussion points from. It's everybody's favorite time of the week, isn't it? Nolan Axton, Wes Mason here with you. Clay's out of town. Between Two Sheets, Season 2, Episode 3. It feels good to be recording with Clay gone again. It, it just, does. It it's, seems right because it, he doesn't come to the work nights either. Right. What, yeah. What's up with that, right? Like the guy finds excuses to get out of not just paint night, but he's not going to be here for lines tomorrow night either. Yes. Yes. Gosh. Which, you know, we have been taking advantage of, though, and we already blame things on him. We tonight. do, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it was nice. And I don't think he knows about it yet, either. He'll just know, like, week one of curling, and we're like, yeah, it was Clay's fault. Yeah, it was Clay. Clay did Everybody at the club's going to know it except for him. Like, hey, Clay, why do you do such a bad job painting the ice? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's really hard when you're in a different state. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we do got some exciting news. Clay's not actually gone. Yes. Uh, we, uh, we have overcome serious hurdles to get where we are now. And with that, we have the ability to phone. We're gonna phone people in. Yeah, yes. this this is what's gonna take us over the hump. Now we're already North Dakota's number one curling podcast. Mm-hmm. This is gonna take us up to like. You forgot to mention we're the number one curling podcast in the state of curling. In the state of because we want to start adding that in too, which is a shame. We just got our logo made. Yeah. Well, next year we can do it. Okay. One, but, um, yeah. So so this is going to take us to maybe a national level. I don't. Know. We'll we'll see how mm-hmm. far it goes. Maybe international, interplanetary. All right. So our first phone call. Hit with it. The one and only. Hit it. Clay Feldner. Let's see if he picks up. Oh, you can hear the ringing perfect. I know it's awesome. Hello. Hi. Is this Clay Feldner? Yes. I'm trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. You don't sell those anymore. Oh. Yeah. Darn sorry, it. I forgot. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Clay, it's you the boys. I <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you were going to try and sell me another car. No, I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. Huh. I'm, uh, I'm out of the really? game, as he could say. I would say you didn't sell cars mostly. You sold extended warranties, right? You were the finance guy. I was the finance guy. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. Legally service contract. Oh, Because a warranty comes free with the vehicle. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what I learned. That's one of the things I've taken away from that's a, my that's a four years yes. at a car dealership. <laughs> Legally service contract. Uh, Clay, how can you hear us? Is everything good? Not, not so bad. Just calling for my just my my nice Dodge Challenger rental right now. I'm about to go in and eat some Mexican food. Ooh, Mexican two days. <laughs> yeah, in a you're row. you're. I don't know if you want to disclose your your undisclosed location, but you are substantially closer to Mexico than in North Dakota, which is nice. Oh yeah, I'm in Houston right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. getting that good food. Doing a little traveling down there for work, yes. Yes. Right on. Yes. Yes. Good. Yes for Hess. If anybody from work's listening, I did not get a Dodge Challenger rental. Well, just, I was just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> to make you feel more like, it's, is it a V8? <laughs> it's not. We asked. No, it's, not. it's, oh, it's really asked, not. Remember? Then you don't it, have to, you don't have to be ashamed. I mean, we tried to have a long conversation about <laughs> Hemis, and I was trying to remember if that was a race 6-4 Hemi. But yeah. uh, anyways, that's not the podcast that we're on. I guess, no, so, no. Yeah. Uh, we're here to talk about curling, as always. So. We are. Uh, so Nolan knows the topic. Clay, are you ready for our topic tonight that you're going to muddle through yeah. with us? I'm scared to ask. We are going to discuss USCA and GNCC curling and not not so much like a, a full recap of everything with that, but just like kind of we're going to hit on some of the drama with it because it's pretty juicy. Um, and I follow like some curling stuff online, you know, like like a lot of people uh, just constantly online. So I got to see a lot of it like play out in real time. And like, you know, there were a lot of letters that got published and people like, you know, making uh, moral or philosophical stands and 
and you know there there was some some big shakeouts that actually affected uh, uh, us as curlers at like the club level too so that's what our topic's going to be so buckle in yeah and just a quick quick disclaimer too this is completely informative it's an unbiased opinion um, no they're biased opinions um but we should say right. <laughs> i should say i'm going to have some biased opinions but I, I think we should clearly state that uh, these are our opinions and they are not reflective of the minot curling club the uh, minot curling club board of directors as a whole even though some all of us are on that board um so these are these are our own views thoughts and and takes on it um they they do not represent anyone else or any other organization except for us the podcast so throw out a monday night football disclaimer any dissemination or reproduction of this program may be held against you in a court of law no no go for it go for it (laughs) i don't care i'm flattered if you disseminate us i'm flattered i'm actually Um, surprised i remember that so to speak on that you know i am i'm not a journalist um i i run a podcast with a couple bros from my curling club um and i got most of my information from things like the reddit forums um is a great place for juicy drama uh npr did an article on it medium did an article on it um there there is a lot of information out there um you know usca has their own press releases um gncc has their press releases so you can go and you can read all of these things online on your own and and draw your own conclusions about uh, who's right wrong um I, I think it's just interesting you know seeing how like we go from the club level and where we fit nationally and internationally um you know and how things that affect top level athletes sometimes do eventually filter down to us um so well there was a whole lot that went on too like like you said it's, it wasn't just necessarily one thing that went on there was a bunch of stuff that kind of happened in a, in a small span of time correct yeah there was a bunch of things and there was kind of like two really distinct um things happening at the same time you know so i think to to back up here um let's lay some groundwork um so first off usca is the united states curling association and gncc is the grand national curling club um the the usca is what that's the blanket organization that covers most of the clubs in the united states correct yes the usca curling is they are the governing body for i would say competitive curling in the united states they have ties with the um u.s olympic committee which is like the u.s and paralympic committee so they're like our official curling you know channel to get up into the olympics um we as members of the minot curling club are actually members of united states curling as well like you know that i'm mm-hmm. just for our a benefit of our viewers um so so that's kind of the groundwork right and you know i'm going to start with how we used to do things when i started here in like 2016 so when i started at the minot curling club you know we all paid 34 dollars a year as a club member of minot um to the usca so like your minot dues would be like 240 bucks 34 dollars of that minot would take and we would send to the dakota um territory association so we're part of the dakota territory association for curling that's our regional body and then the usca curling is made up of these different regional bodies that have clubs inside of them and then they would send the check to usca for the 34 dollars you know um and so with that you know we're supposed to get benefits from being a usca member so you know they're the ones that certify coaches and officials you know so if you go to like a big fancy usca bond spiel you know they'll have officials there doing timekeeping um that kind of stuff clay are you are you backing up are you getting carjacked, Clay? So, sorry. <laughs> I, I just... Oh, I'm quiet. <laughs> I was trying to turn the engine off to go on accessory. It didn't work. <laughs> Don't put your foot on the brake. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, 
Anyways, uh, another thing with GNCC, so to give some some facts here, GNCC is, God, where are they headquartered out of? Why am I blanking I on believe that? it's somewhere out in like New York, isn't it? Yeah, they're an East Coast one. Um, I don't know where their actual headquarters is. They've been around forever, though. You know, they are uh, founded in 1867, I think. Um, USCA Curling as a body got started in like 1958. Um, so USCA Curling started 1867, 1958, when USCA Curling became a thing. They were, I want to say, one of the, the founding regional bodies, because GNCC joined USCA curling in 1958 the first year they started so they have been with them forever um, they also have a lot of pull in the curling world um, because they have I want to say before all of this they had like 6,000 members and there was only like 15,000 members of USCA total so they had like a good third of all curlers were curling under GNCC clubs. Um, so to start it all out there, um, I don't know, maybe I should just <laughs> cut to the chase. Um, you know, GNCC actually is no longer part of USCA curling. So they, they did separate here. Um, that was in 2022 in July, I think. Um, I not think, I have it in front of me. So. They did eventually split. Um, those splits came from a couple of different spots here. And I'm gonna start with, I think, probably the, the least important one, but maybe the juicier part of the story um, about what kind of started GNCC leaving. Um, so we hired, we as in USCA Curling, uh, which, which we're a part of, so I'll say we, um, in February of 2020, right before the COVID pandemic, they hired a new CEO. So they hired this guy named Jeff Plush. So Jeff Plush used to be the National Women's Soccer League president. So that was what his qualifications were. And they brought him on because they were like, hey, this is a guy with experience managing like other sports. You know, he's, he's got experience writing deals with TV networks, you know, because the big push was to grow curling. Right. You know, we had had the Olympics there. Um, people were excited about it. I believe, uh, what was it, the 18? Help me out with the year when... 1867? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> 2018, when uh, we won gold, right? Was it 2018, oh, the I, year they won the Olympics? I erased that from my memory. I believe it was... Sorry, we as in the United States, not Yeah, I, I had Canadians. nothing to do with that. Yes, yes. I believe so, yes. So, you know, everybody wanted to grow the sport, right? So that, that move seemed to make sense at the time, right? I think most clubs were supportive of that. Um, so the next fun thing that happened was a full year later, you know, COVID starts, you know, we're having issues at the club level. So February, fall of 2021, um, our U.S. Attorney General, Sally Yates, started an investigation investigation into sexual um, misconduct and abuse allegations with the National Women's Soccer League for the time period that Jeff Plush was CEO in. So it wasn't necessarily like all encompassing because Jeff left the National Women's Soccer Organization in 2017. Um, so the U.S. Attorney General starts an investigation into that. Uh, so then we wait for a long time, right? So this investigation starts and the investigation is public knowledge. So in that same time frame, you know, GNCC as a body, and they weren't the only ones doing this, you know, they published a letter asking for Jeff Plush to take a leave of absence while the investigation was going on because he is, you know, the, the head of USCA curling at this point, I think his title was CEO. Um, but they were looking into, you know, his conduct, the whole organization's conduct during the time he was running the National Women's Soccer League. So that goes ignored, right? So Jeff does not take a leave of absence. There's essentially no, I, I wanna say repercussions for him at this point, right? So another year goes by here and there's some other things happening which we'll get to. Uh, the Yates investigation is published in October of 2022. So the Yates investigation, it's a long read. Um, I, I read part of it like when it came out cause it was hot news, but it's very dry, you know, it's an attorney general investigation. 
But essentially what they said was Jeff Plush did not respond to any of the contacts that they sent him to, like, interview about his time and, like, what the experiences were in there. So the only way they had, like, Jeff's name and statements in the document was they were copies of, like, old emails and stuff that he had sent or other communications he's had or, like, quotes from other people about him. So he didn't participate in the investigation, and they clearly stated in there that they contacted him, and he did not contact them back to set up any kind of time. Well, it's, the best way to cover something up is to just not talk about it. Yeah, just pretend like yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah, that works great, yeah. <laughs> unless it's, like, already in paper, you know, <laughs> other people so uh that's all going on right so that that doesn't sound good um and like the Yates report was pretty definitive like there was abuse going on and um, um sexual misconduct is how i would characterize it you know uh, coaches were you know imposing themselves on their female players and i don't think that that's a good dynamic um and i think they definitively had like that jeff was made aware of it and i think there's a, a case with one of the coaches that got fired from a team um jeff allowed him to get like rehired at another organization so he like got fired from a soccer team and another one picked him up and they just let all that happen right and i think that that's probably not what you want to do if you're in charge of an organization you know like you'd be like oh hey this person is an abuser of some kind right um i i probably don't want them in my organization anymore and there was none none of that happened right they just let all this stuff happen so it was super passive right like i don't think that there was a lot of evidence of like jeff specifically he, you know he didn't like tell people like hey don't talk about that but just you know things would get reported to them and then they never really went further you know it's you're supposed to do that that's like go back to how we're board members of usc curling we have to all do that safe sport you know that talks about like you know hey you know if you these are signs of abuse these are things that are abusive this is what misconduct is you know like don't do these things and this is like you know if you're experience it or see it like these are how you should go report it deal with it handle it right um so we have that in curling already like that was something i i think that's been going on since even before 2020 i remember doing those so we've had that for a long time and the other part of this is I want to say around like 2019, 2020, um, USCA Curling started a diversity, equity, and inclusion like task force. So they got like volunteers who were looking into like what can curling do to you know do better at the DEIA stuff, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And they were pretty vocal when all this was going on with the investigation and USCA saying like, hey, we don't think like Jeff Plush is like a good guy for this organization because you know he didn't do the right what we think is the right thing you know this this other time when he was running you know the national women's soccer league and all of that was was promptly ignored too so that was even like usca ignoring like its own task force recommendations as well um so that report comes out october 2022 you know like a week later after the reports published like usca published another communication that said like essentially we stand behind jeff they're like yeah we're we're satisfied with his conduct um you know, we don't think that you know, he's been he's been open with us. He's been resp responsive with us. Like we think, you know, he's doing the right things here, and he's still a good fit for the organization. Um, so they they kept with him, right? Um, eventually, he does get pushed out, um, but that that comes later. And now we have um, uh, Mr. How do you say his name? Do you know Gemmel, the curler, the Gemmel? We gotta look that up here. I'm, I might actually have to do a, a pause and cut here. Um, so. 
There's a new guy running things. There's a new guy running things. And he was, when when Jeff left, he was made the interim CEO, and then he got um, eventually elected to be the actual USCA curling CEO. And why am I missing his name right now? Give me two shakes here. I, I want to say it's Dean Gemmel, Gemmel, but I am not 100%. So the gist right now, like a lot of a lot of stuff is happening behind the scenes. Yes. That people didn't know about going in into the hiring of this dude. This dude even be, becoming part of USCA. Yes, I was looking up. It is Dean Gemmel. Gemmel. So yes. Yep. So all this stuff is going on, and this, like I said, GNCC was one of the vocal ones pretty early that like, hey, this isn't how we like want to represent our sport. You know, I don't think this is the leadership direction we should be taking. Um, you know, and they were they were pretty well ignored. Um, you know, when that was going on. So the separate thing. Now we'll get back into I think more of the reason why uh, GNCC eventually left was the COVID pandemic happened in 2020. As we're all aware, we cut our season short. We started late that year. Um, we lost a bunch of members. You know, we had modified curling rules or asking people like not shake hands. You know, everybody remembers the pandemic. Um, it sucked, you know, and it was hard to keep your curling organization going. I know we were really struggling here. You know, we were trying to look at ways to save costs, raise revenue. You know, we were trying to do the same exact amount of stuff. Like our utilities don't go down if we have half the curlers. Like we still have the same expenses. So, like how can we make that money up? So that was, that was hard for us at the club level and it was hard for all the clubs around the country you know to keep going during the pandemic there so with that there were clubs that were deciding that they couldn't afford to pay the usca dues you know like i said earlier at that time you know usca dues were like 34 dollars a person um so you know if you're a small club you know and you're charging a couple hundred bucks for dues you know that's that's a sub substantial amount of your revenue that you're then passing back on to USCA curling and then we get into like more of the stuff where I'm going to say I'm biased about is like what does USCA curling give you back you know I said at the beginning here you know all the things they're supposed to do like the coaches training and the officials and promote events and like you know get us in the Olympics and get curling airtime and advertise the sport um, but like what do you actually get at the local level so in your tenure here Nolan have you ever met a USCA official of any kind I've never once seen a member of the USCA in my not, I, I'm not yeah, to like, say it's like, a bad thing. I don't yeah. blame them for not coming out here. Well, and we don't we don't host like you know big national no. events or anything. We we hardly host state events, but we do do some of that as well. Um, you know, I, we had a guy come one time while I've been here, and he did like a level one instructor's course, and I took it right. So I was a level one like certified instructor. Um, but like those guys are fewer and farther between. Like they're around. You know, there's some in Bismarck and stuff, but uh, it's always like trying to coordinate with them come up. You know, and USCA curling isn't exactly like tripping over themselves like offer these things they have them we're fortunate we live by minnesota usa curling's headquartered out of egan minnesota so there are like coaches clinics and you know ice making clinics and that kind of stuff like within a day's drive of us so depending on where you live it, it, you might not have like any local options um so anyways, uh, getting distracted here, talking about USCA curling. So things were tough in the COVID pandemic, you know, and there were clubs that were deciding to not pay dues, um, clubs that, you know, were, were paying late because like us, like we pushed our season start date back in 2020. We didn't start till January. So, you know, dues are due in December and we don't start curling till January. Like we don't have any money because we don't have any 
players. Well, correct me if I'm wrong here, fellas, but I, I believe we also missed our money-making bond spill that year, too, as well. We didn't have a shirt sleeve. Yeah, we didn't have a shirt sleeve. Yep, yep, and that's a, a, a nice way for us to pad the checkbook at the end of the year. So, you know, we were coming in tough there. Uh, I believe we paid late that year, if I remember correctly. You know, we didn't collect dues until, like, I think end of January, and we didn't send them in until probably February then. Clay, so we were late. Yeah, do you remember? I think he's gone. I think he died. Are uh, you with us? Yeah, I am, but I didn't. I didn't hear what you asked. There. Oh, I, I was just a little insight. Like uh, you handle dues a little bit more than Wes and I do. Um, in 2020, where we we were behind on our dues due to COVID. We did not receive. No, we right before COVID, we had I would say our peak level of curlers over you know past couple of decades. I would say it was like 260, uh, if I remember right, but. Yeah, we had Wednesday and Thursday both completely maxed out in terms of league. I can't remember if you had the Air Base League that year, mm-hmm. um, but they're a different membership anyway. Um, we did not have the shirt sleeve there, so that obviously did go into the financials. And then the following year, no, we did not have... I don't know if it was... Well, we didn't start till January. Let's say half. Yeah, well, we were... Our question was more, Clay, when did we pay our dues? Because normally we pay our dues, you know, like in January. Um, This was before, right? Because we'll get to that. They changed the membership models here. Oh, we paid in January, January. February. They... I, I don't recall them being overly strict in it, but but paying in January and February in the past wasn't exactly out of the norm. So yeah, there wasn't like a consequence for coming in. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, we didn't used to pay our dues until January anyway. Mm. So. So, um, so we made it through on time on COVID at least. Yeah, we did. Um, so with that, you know, the GNCC as a regional body, like we're part of the Dakota Territory Association. Um, Clay, can you help me out here? Do we pay the Dakota Territory any money or is that like just floating along for free? No, Mark handles that, but I think we do pay them something. It's like it's like a couple, like a buck or something, a member. It's really cheap, right, if we give them anything? Like if they get anything directly from us? It's not, not a ton. Um, I thought they used to just skim off our USCA ones, but... Anyways, I thought it was like 500 bucks or something, but yeah. Yeah, like, which in the scope of our club, like that's, you know, a couple bucks a member, right? So if we had 250, two bucks a person is what essentially goes to the Dakota Territory. So GNCC, they had a little bit more substantial dues. I, I can't remember what their rates used to be, but, you know, like to be a member of the GNCC regional body, it was something like 10, 15 bucks a member a year on top of your USCA dues. Um, so when COVID hit, GNCC made the decision, they're like, well, we're pretty solvent here. You know, we understand this is a hard time for our club so we're going to waive like our member dues in 2020 and i think they did it in 21 as well um saying like hey you don't have to pay gncc dues you know we're just going to keep floating by on our reserves whatever you know make things work um and they'll take the pressure off of our our clubs that are struggling um usca curling didn't do anything like that during covid um you know i remember being on the board here and we still had to come up with the money to pay usca and it was a real pain um so those things are happening and with that gncc also you know they weren't pushing their clubs to send their usca dues in so clubs are making that decision like hey i don't think we can really afford to be usca members i don't feel like we're getting enough back from usca to justify spending it so instead we're not going to pay our usca dues ipso facto you know we're not going to be a part of the usca except like through being a part of the gncc which is part of the usca so usca curling was pushing gncc 
policy to force their clubs to either sign up or kick them out of their regional body because there's a rule there was a rule um, a policy in place at the USCA level that said to be a regional member 95% of your clubs half and like curlers underneath them have to be USCA curling members so you can't have like you know the Minot club can't be USCA members but the Bismarck club isn't if there were only two clubs in the Dakota territory you know and they were both members because then it'd be 50% weren't you wouldn't hit the 95% criteria so GNCC said we're not going to make our clubs do that they're like we're not going to kick clubs out if they don't pay their USCA dues you know because like we can't force them to write us a check for that like we'll take their GNCC money but we're not going to force them to pay USCA dues and we're not going to kick them out if they don't and so that kind of brought to a head this whole issue with USCA curling. They were saying, well, you guys have to hit 95% or we're gonna remove you as a regional body. Uh, GNCC was saying, no, we're not gonna do that. It's not the right thing to do. You know, it's not, the, it's not the curling way, you know? And USCA eventually, it came to a head in July of 2022, USCA board um, voted to remove GNCC from the uh, uh, USCA curling memberships. They, they kicked them out, right? And that was, that was big news. Um, and so with that, they started making changes right so uh, i gotta look it up here when did jeff plush resign from usca curling because that's important i don't have it wrote down uh, and just real quick i guess while while wes is looking that up clay we've been talking about usca and what they give us back um we, we touched on it very very briefly as far as being part of usca curling um what what does USCA actually provide us as a, as a club, a member club? So in terms of importance to your average club member in Minot, the, the primary thing that USCA Curling provides us is an insurance policy for the club and, and, and members. Um, I, I don't, I'm not an insurance agent. I don't know if we've shopped around everywhere, but that, that is the primary value. And, and need for our club is to have that in place for our members before we start curling. Um, I do believe we get a pretty good deal on that overall. Um, on top of the insurance policy, and once again, that's primary concern, then then there are benefits to members, you know, that, that are more related to if you decide to compete um, right. in a state or national level. Right, it, it allows uh, you and, the eligibility to curl yeah. in a USCA sanctioned event if it was club nationals if mm -hmm. it was if you wanted to go take on the hot dog eaters and schuster's team um yep you you're allowed to yes. do that yes exactly um and then i'm there and on top of that then there's just you know there's some discounts there's some there's the the newsletters the magazine and a couple other benefits that are a little less known about but are nevertheless present right yeah and I don't, I don't have a big issue with like USCA curling as an entity. You know, I think that it is important to have, you know, a, a body that's steering the ship for everybody, right? Like, hey, we want to try out a new rules change. Like, you know, somebody's got to facilitate these events. Somebody's got to do certifications. Somebody's got to, you know, push for things like safe sport and you know diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like, you know, they're 
ostensibly doing things that I like, right? Uh, so with that, I did find Jeff Plush was also October of 2022. October 2022 was a big year in uh, uh, USCA curling and GNCC here. So Jeff ended up resigning at the end of 2022. So he resigned. Um, and so when all this was going on, they the board of USCA curling kicked him out in July of 2022. That decision, though, had to get ratified by a voting member body, which I believe we could have as like Minot Curling Club could have voted in, but I don't think any of us attended that meeting. Um, so they, the, 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 the board body, not the board, the member body in October of 22 did ratify that GNCC removal. Um, I couldn't find anything on this when I was researching today for this, um, but I remember online seeing that there were clubs that were upset about that vote in October because their club wasn't in good standing, so they had like paid dues late or something or hadn't paid the year before, and so USCA curling wasn't allowing them a vote, you know, at the the ratifying vote because they weren't a member in good standing. So there was contentious things like that going on and I think like when I did my research my feeling was more that like a lot of this was a pissing match between like the leadership of USEA curling you know this Jeff Plush guy and you know GNCC and I tend to take the side of GNCC you know they did more of the things that I thought were were the curling way inappropriate but one one note just and I haven't done a lot of research on this and you may have already said it but on the insurance end, albeit that, that might be the boring side, GNCC provided their own policy to their members, right? Yes, they they had been doing stuff Just, like that even before USCA Curling, but yeah, they had decided over the years that they would offer a lot of the same things that USCA Curling did too, one of them being insurance. Yep. And that's something they can do be, due to their sheer size, I'm assuming. Yeah, they had, you know, whatever, 6,000 members, so they could get the same, you know, I, I think essentially the same rates that USCA currently get. Like, you go in, it's like, what's the difference between having 6,000 and 10,000 people for insurance, you know? 4,000. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about the rate. But at that point, you've probably already buffed out all of your economies of scale, right? Um so, you know, after that, there were a lot of other clubs. So this is a really contentious period to be like online. There were a lot of clubs that decided like, hey, we didn't like how USCA handled the sexual abuse allegations and the investigation with Jeff Plush. We didn't like how they treated GNCC. You know, we agree with GNCC's stand that like, you know, we're not getting everything that we're paying for with the USCA curling. And so there are a lot of clubs that left the USCA curling and left their regional bodies and became like members at large. So at that point, GNCC and USCA curling were both like tripping over themselves after October of 2020 to make it easy for clubs to either sign up with them or continue on. You know, like I, I think if you look at GNCC, USCA curling was accusing them of like trying to swipe members and GNCC was saying, well, no, we're just trying to support people. Like we're not, we're not approaching clubs to come join us. If they approach us, we will let them join. You know, we'll be inclusive, but we're not trying to like headhunt everybody from USCA curling. That's not our goal, right? Um, but that was the, the feeling there. And then the same thing. So USCA curling was allowing clubs to be members at large. So then they came up with a membership at large. So if you weren't part of a regional body, you could still be part of USCA. So there's clubs like, was it, Broomstone, um, big prestigious club on the East Coast too. They're in the GNCC and they're in the USCA curling. So they were a member at large with USCA. So their curlers could still compete in like national events, but they were also paying GNCC. So they were kind of, you know, <laughs> double dipping, right? Um, 
So there's a lot of stuff like that that went on. And I, I think the good thing for us, you know, to, because we got through a lot of the drama there, is that, you know, we have more options now. Because, like, if we really wanted to leave USCA curling, GNCC's there, and we could sign up with them, and we could get our insurance through them. You know, it'd be a little bit different. It might be a little bit more. It might be a little bit less. But, like, we have another option. Um, you know, if you were a smaller club, too, you know, like, let's say you're an arena club or you don't have all the equipment. Like, GNCC has programs to, you know, b- purchase, borrow, use that equipment same thing USC curling does the same thing right so I think that a little bit of competition is great you know in this case because you know we did have these legitimate issues problems with leadership um, and now you know we changed our membership model here USC curling's changed it twice in the last like three years right clay we've had two big shakeups because when I started insurance was separate and membership was separate yep. and then the first thing in like 2021 they made it so insurance and membership were all rolled into one correct yeah, the resulting cost difference wasn't significant, but each year it was a slight. Over the course of two or three iterations, they, they, yep. they combined them, and then after the GNCC issue, they completely changed up the membership model and offered various prompt pay discounts, a different way of paying yep. per sheet as opposed to per member. There, There's... It, it, it got fairly complicated in the end. Yeah, and so and for, our, for our viewers here, if I remember, the current membership model is there's tiers to individual memberships. So you can have like a basic curler membership, a competitor's membership, like a competitor's plus membership, you know, and those all go up in price. And then at the club level, we as a club have to pay like 500 or $750 per sheet we have. So based on the size of your club, you pay a little bit more if you're a bigger club, less if you're a smaller one. And then they give the discounts rebates for like paying on time or you know paying late or you know whatever well, we should get a discount that, not that was regulation actually size we should we should get a discount because <laughs> yeah. our sheets our are sheets not regulation are width <laughs> sheet one being slightly off slightly out of condition well sheet one yeah well sheet one has extra space because it's on a hill you know so that makes the surface yeah, area exactly. a little bit bigger you know the hypotenuse <laughs> being longer than the legs of the triangle <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, and, and the main impact to us on that one is, I mean, as we've noted it before, with the prompt pay discounts, they're not insignificant. So we do actually have to push members to sign up earlier yeah. than they're used to, which isn't an overall bad thing. It's just a, a stressor on 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 everybody to get their things together before we're actually ready to curl. Well, and the only thing Um, I'm not a big fan of right now with how our membership is structured is that the reason it's about the same price as it was like, let's just, you know, in 2019 is because they're offering these rebates. You know, what was the, the rebates were like for the prompt pay and that kind of stuff, but like those aren't guaranteed to last forever. So my concern at this moment is that like in 2025, those rebates will be gone and we'll be paying, we'll be back to have like, not only are we paying the same, we're paying more, you know, we're still getting the same amount of benefit, which, you know, you can tell the way I talk about it I, is, is not a lot for us here, you know, but part of that is we don't take advantage of everything because we're not pushing for it. So, you know, whose fault is that? But uh, that was, it was kind of going to be a part of my question there for you guys was, do you think it almost hurt, it hurts clubs our size and smaller in a way to offer those rebate programs though? Like we don't start our season until December. And they want membership dues and everything paid yeah. at the end of November. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how they pick those dates. To be honest, I, I think they go off the big well, ones. Well, I, I they, think they look most at the big ones that have been curling for a couple months. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, yeah, like the bigger clubs it doesn't really affect because they're already curling at the start of November. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the smaller clubs that it puts a stressor in that. Um, that said, and I haven't really thought about this, who from the new membership model deadlines aside, who does this? Um, who who gets screwed in this and who gets the benefit from the way it's structured with paying per sheet as opposed to the old membership model? Is this giving the larger clubs an advantage or, or the smaller ones? Interesting. I, that's, a, that's a tough question to answer because there's a lot of large clubs with a lot of members that have the same amount of sheets as us. Yeah, and I would have to, we, we'd have to get the specifics up again to say better or worse. You know, I, I we did the math for us and we're pretty much dead on for what we used to pay because it's, how we pay now. So, is it a, do we pay per sheet and per member? Yes, we do both. Yep. So they have it kind of structured two ways you pay per head and then you also pay by club size, which is based on sheets. Yep. Sure thing. Well, I would assume, and then in the old, with the old model, is it being strictly per member? Yeah, I guess the, when, it, when you look at it in this sense, we would be at a disadvantage under the new model because we have proportionally more sheets than we have members. Yeah, well, I suppose you, you just hit the nail on the head there. So really, it just depends on like, what's your member to sheet density ratio? You know, as for like, are you paying more or less? You know, yeah. those are the only two factors, um, which right. I don't know. It's, so it's if you compare us same, to Bismarck, but... yeah, like if, if you would compare us to Bismarck, we would have more we have one more sheet and probably have a sig you know not half the members but significantly less mm-hmm. yep um what else do we need to cover here with this issue we did the fallout like i mean there's there's been good things that have shaken out of this like i really like this guy uh, i'm gonna butcher his name and he was a famous curler but dean gemmel you know gemmel however you pronounce it um he seems like he's a pretty straight shooter i uh usually see his communications when he publishes like a press release and i read them and i go yeah okay you know um i like that our membership model is at least you know a little bit more focused on small clubs um i think a big complaint for a lot of people over the years is that USCA curling unless you were a top tier level athlete who competed at televised events you know there wasn't a whole lot that you would see back you know from being a part of the body but you know part of it is that's what they're supposed to do they're supposed to facilitate those kinds of things as well um but just you know what are you spending your money on where's it going where's the effort and the time but yeah but I think the tough thing too it was it was just a whirlwind of of bad events for the USCA um Mm-hmm. It was there was a lot going on in a short amount of time, and the the sad thing there there's almost two sad thing there is two sad things I should say is when it comes to allegations like that they do get kicked under the rug mm-hmm. until it becomes an issue, and you, you've seen it with the U.S. gymnastic team you see it in Hockey Canada right now it's going on yep 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 and we're talking about teams from back in 2013 14 15 16 mm-hmm. and now it's an issue when why was it not an issue at the first place yeah yeah well I think I think you you should always try and do something, right? Even if you're late to the game, like try to do the right thing. You, you know, to. great. But um, I, I think that's another good point too. You know, the stuff that that Jeff Plush was accused of—that was all like three years before he even took the job at USCA Curling. So there's a good chance that he did everything he was supposed to right. right. You know, as far as that goes, like he never had a single problem. Was proactive. You know, I I don't know those things for sure. Um, but you know, I, I he, he I. 
I tend to think they're through, true though as well because he was under all of this scrutiny and we didn't hear anything else about like well he did this wrong it's always like he didn't participate in this old investigation he didn't do the right things when he was in his previous job so like you know let's get rid of him and try somebody new because you know, he's the CEO of the organization right like that's that's the kind of person you want in that job you know we can go find somebody new so right. And then I, I do have one more question for both you guys. Uh, I'd like to hear both of your opinions on it is, do you think with, and the membership structure isn't, it's not a bad structure by no means. This is clearly just opinion based now. Um, do you think it would benefit small clubs to go the way of the Grand National and just kind of become their own entity? I would say no. Um, my personal thought is, and we haven't touched on this, and I haven't mentioned it, and you guys didn't prepare, so I, I feel like I should say something here. You know, USCA Curling has made a big push to be more responsive and hear more input from their small clubs, because that was a big complaint. And a lot of clubs said, hey, you know, we feel like we don't have a seat at the table. You know, it's hard to get our, our views through our regional body to USCA Curling. So now they have, um, I want to see a quarterly member meeting where every club can elect one man and one woman to like represent their club and like the CEO is on there and they talk about like things that are going on and like look for input and recommendations and feedback on their policies and procedures um, you know not that they have like a vote on the board as a small club but they are trying to do a lot more to let those little clubs you know we're not a little club, but we're a medium size one, right? Um, Husky medium, yeah. You know, and I, Lynn, I, Lynn Watson, our president here, I think he's actually been participating in those because he talks about them, you know, like at our board meetings and stuff. Um, so I, I think that those little things are great there. You know, whether you know it's better for a club to be part of USCA or GNCC, uh, that's probably going to depend on who you talk to, you know, and what their, their bias is. Um, I think you should be a part of something, though, because you do get something, and it is good to give back. Even if you get nothing from the organization, those bodies are pushing the sport forward, you know. Sure. So that's my – Clay, what do you got? Yeah, what do you think, Clay? Um, well, <clears throat> the short one, the, the immediate answer is, like, we need insurance. How much can we get it for it versus how much are they providing? Yeah. Um that's an easy thing to calculate, but it also leaves out a lot of other things. I mean, when, when you have, when you're all under one umbrella, like USA Curling, they are providing benefits. I mean, and let just think about the media coverage and the organization of all these. And when you, when you completely split up and become disorganized, yeah, you could say that USA Curling is not providing your own individual club with a benefit, but when it comes to the general outreach and bringing people's awareness to curling, that has to come from somewhere, and by and large, it usually doesn't happen at a, at a big enough scale from individual clubs. Yep. I mean, I, I don't know exactly, but I have to think that USA Curling is involved with some of the Olympic coverage. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're the ones that are like, and, and they're the ones. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and also as as the U.S. rep, when when everything is decided, when you're trying to organize a curling event, so they are providing many services that we don't see. It isn't just as simple as the immediate benefits. Yeah, so I think it's like I, I it's like it's like paying your they, like paying your taxes, right? Like I pay my taxes and I go, ah, oh, you know, I, I gave thousands of dollars to Uncle Sam and like my road in front of my house has potholes in it. And you're like, well, 
you know, they, they use some of that money to fix roads. Sorry it wasn't the one in front of your house, you know, like for what you benefit you're getting yeah, back. You, you, you know? give some, you get some, right? Yeah. 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 No, I think I a lot of good points made there. Um, a lot of good information, too, on, on something that a lot of our members probably maybe it followed a little bit loosely but uh, yeah you probably heard like a couple things about it you know unless you were like in the weeds on you know reddit curling forums you know when would you have gotten to hear all this and it was it was quite juicy you know i was more kicking back because like i I was like well we're gonna stick you know with we're gonna have insurance it doesn't really matter what's going on with these guys so i was more watching it passively you know um so it was was quite entertaining to watch play out but But i I imagine we're getting here tight on time so this is gonna be our longest one we're at 42 minutes oh look at that okay so last last question I have. We're going to let Clay go here shortly. Um, Clay, you said you were going for Mexican food. Are you going burrito or chimichanga? Fajita. You know, I'm going to do a combo of everything. Oh, Love a combo platter. All right. Yeah. Get it, man. All right, Clay. Well, thank you for taking time out of your uh, your busy day down in, in Texas. Home Houston. of all my exes. George Strait song. I know. Oh, I know. I, I, know. I, I had to do it one time. Um, all right. Clay, thank hey, you very much. Wait, wait, Clay. I got one last question for you. Do you know the Reba McIntyre song <laughs> where she's singing about being a, a poor girl and uh, her mom is going to send her uptown to, uh, you know, go make friends with the man? Basically men? pimping her out. Yeah. And she says, yes. This one stop. Don't let me down. What's the girl's name in that song? What does she say her name is? Nancy. Oh, okay. Clancy. Yeah. All right. So I've been hearing that Clancy for 32 or 33 years, however old I am. Um, and Nolan told me yesterday that it was fancy. So it's been stuck in my head for a day. Now, hopefully yours too. So. Yeah. You look like I flushed his goldfish after. <laughs> he did. He did. I said, well, Fancy's not a regular name. Clancy's a name. You know? <laughs> Clancy's. And what I, I should have know. known, it's the name of the song too, is Fancy. It's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, yes. I'll let you go now. Sorry. All right, Clay, Sorry. you might have been born plain white trash, but Clay was your name. Clay was Thank your Thank you name. for joining us. We'll see you next week, buddy. See you guys. Sorry I didn't have a song pun at the ready. <laughs> All right, take it easy, bud. Bye. Bye.